We uh, tend to trust authority more when we're young, right? Like when our parents told us things as kids, we, we assumed that they were true. Our parents said it, we're like, yes. That was until we realized that they don't know everything. Uh, for instance, how many of you were told it takes seven years for gum to digest if you swallow it? <laughs> how many of you were told that cracking knuckles leads to arthritis? Coffee stunts your growth? Swimming right after eating is dangerous. Lies. Your parents lied to you. Can you believe that? They thought they were true. All of those are untrue. But we were told that and we believed it, right? I mean, I missed valuable swimming time. <laughs> Waiting, like, depending on who you ask, like 20 minutes, 40 minutes. You got to wait for the food to digest, and like, which takes like eight hours, by the way. So I don't know what that's about. <laughs> that missed swimming time is probably why I have a belly. I probably would have been fit if I would have had the extra 20 minutes in the pool. I'm... <clears throat> That's not true. That's not how that works. But authority loses its authority eventually. The fact is that we begin to take some trust back from the people who we look to as authorities. And what we tend to do is we sort of switch that to others. We switch it to others. We look to all kinds of authority at one time or another in our life. We look to parents. We look to coaches, to teachers, college professors, to bosses, to our peers, to pastors, to politicians even, to scientists, to doctors, to books, to newspapers, magazines, documentaries on the Discovery Channel, all these different things. At one time or another, we've probably given some level of authority. In other words, when they said something, we believed it because they said it, and we believed they had some level of expertise. But one by one, many of these sources have failed us. These authorities who are supposed to be experts, who are supposed to know everything, they have failed us. We are starting this series called Truth for Thinkers. And the idea is that it takes some work on your part and on my part and other, in order to sort of think and in order to know truth well. There is only one authority, and it's not me, who can be trusted to always be right and truthful 100% of the time. And that is God and the word of God, the Bible. That's it. There is nobody else who 100% of the time, they say something and you know it's true. Just God and his word. That's it. And so we gotta think through things when anyone else says something. You have to think whether you're an unbeliever or whether you're a believer, you're gonna to have to do some thinking. As an unbeliever, you gotta think about whether the things that God has claimed, that Jesus Christ claimed about himself, the truth claims he made, whether they were true and whether that means something to you. For the believer who already knows Jesus Christ and follows him, you need to think about these things so that you can answer the critics who make themselves enemies of God and of his word. As we get into this study, we're gonna do some things like walk through some intellectual history which is to say we're going to work through some of the history about how people in general have thought, have done thinking, and made sense of what they believe. This will give us some idea of the ways that we think 
and believe, sometimes without realizing why we think and believe that way. Because that's kind of how it works. You tend to catch your worldview. You don't tend to build it. You tend to catch it. You catch it from all of those sources that I just talked about. Part of your worldview is that gum was going to last seven years if you swallowed it. Well, I just destroyed your worldview today about that, right? Like we, we build our worldview. We just kind of catch it. We hear things, we do things, and we just start thinking in a particular way with a particular pattern, a particular way of looking at the world. We catch that. We rarely think about it. And so we need to think about what we might have caught in the way that we think. And part of the way we do that is we think about how people in general think and have thought. Now, if you were a Christ follower during this uh, series, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to strengthen your faith, to take the things that we're going to talk about, Lord willing, and let it strengthen your faith and help you understand how people think. Because the more that you understand, the more that you can serve and minister to the needs of your neighbors and your friends and your family and even your enemies. The more you understand the way that they think, the better you will be at it. People need to hear and understand the truth and you need to be able to present the truth to them in a way that they can process. And so it has to come with an understanding of the way that they process, not just the way that you do. So this is important for the Christ follower. If you're not a Christian, or you are a Christian who's contemplating walking away or deconstructing your faith, I ask you to face and challenge yourself with the things that we're going to study in this series. Either way, truth comes with having and listening to the Holy Spirit. And this is primary, and we need to understand this from the beginning. Whether you're a believer or not a believer, I'm just telling you that this is true. 2 Corinthians 2, let's start with verse 1. It says, And I, brethren... By the way, there are Bibles in front of you if you want to use a Bible. If you don't have a Bible at home, take one of those home with you. That's our gift to you. You don't owe us anything. Honestly, that's yours. You don't have to leave any money in the box. So just take that and take it home. We want you to have the Word of God in your home. We believe the Word of God. It, it doesn't matter what we believe. The Word of God is true. And so you need it. And so we want you to have that. But you can follow along there. You can follow along up here. It's up to you. It says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech. Okay? This is Paul inspired by the Holy Spirit, writing to the church in Corinth. And he said, hey, listen, I'm not some amazing speaker and presenter. That's not my thing. Or if wisdom where it's, oh my goodness, he's just so whatever. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. This is, I'm gonna stop for a second. This is so important that at the end of the day, when all the else fails and everything comes down, that the thing that you are centered on is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Because Jesus Christ and him crucified is the centerpiece of reality, of the universe. It was determined before the creation of the world. Before God said anything about let's make this universe, he already knew that Jesus Christ, his son, his only begotten son would be crucified for your sins. And he rose again. And that's our hope. That is the centerpiece. So he's saying, listen, I'm not here to impress you with a little song and dance and my speech is so good, I'm so smart or I'm so whatever. But no, I don't know anything except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now this is probably hyperbolic. He actually taught a lot to these people. But he's just saying, listen, it's not about me, it's about Jesus Christ. I was with you in weakness, fear, much trembling. You know, that's what's going on with him. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. And I want you to understand 
something here. There is a difference between human wisdom and God's wisdom. You, you need to understand that where we've, we've talked about, God says to us, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. As high as the heavens are above the earth, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I, I have my own thing going here and you can barely understand it. Even for the believer, we only get so much of it, right? And he says, but instead, demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. This is very important. If you are an unbeliever, I mean, you know, we just mean by unbeliever, you are not a Christ follower. You have not chosen to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You do not believe in him. You don't believe that God raised him from the dead. You are not relying on him for the forgiveness of your sins and, and planning to be in eternity with him. If that's you right now. You need to understand that you are living primarily in the wisdom of men, which is human wisdom and is not God's wisdom. That's a reality. That's a reality. This is what the scripture says. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age. So the age that he was in, there was a wisdom of the age. There's a wisdom of the age today. By the way, they're not that different. They're not that different. But there was a wisdom of the age. Oh, we know, we know nor of the rulers of this age and who sort of gets to decide what the sort of zeitgeist or the, or the cultural ethos is, but the rulers of that age, right? Our, our rulers may look a little different than their rulers, but we have people who rule the wisdom of the age. And they're actually not generally the, the governmental rulers. In our case, a lot of the wisdom of this age is ruled by places like Hollywood, New York City, the mindsets, uh, some of the ivory towers of academia is where a lot of that comes from. The wisdom of the age, the rulers of this age, who are what? Coming to nothing. If, if nothing else, if you don't know Jesus, understand that God has said that all of that stuff that you think makes you so smart is coming to nothing. It's coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God and the mystery, the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the ages for our glory, right? Because we glory in him. Which none of the rules of this age do, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. See, at that time in the first century, they thought they had it figured out. What could be more clear than that? And because of that, they killed Jesus. Now that was to our benefit, because our sins are now forgiven. But it can only happen because they believed. Trust me, they thought they knew what they were doing. And they were so backwards about it that they literally killed Jesus Christ, a sinless, perfect man who came to love, who was God. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. This thing here, the things that God has prepared for those who love him, you can't even approximate or understand, even as a believer, you can't get there. But as an unbeliever, you don't even have access to the idea. The very category of it itself is not, is not something that you can understand. And, and he tells us why. The Holy Spirit inspires Paul to tell us why. Because God has revealed them to us, who's us, right? Believers. Right? Paul's a believer, Believers, through his spirit, through the Holy Spirit, okay? For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. You wanna know the deep things of God? You have to have the Holy Spirit. 
For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Right? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. So if you want to know the things of God, you have to learn them from the spirit of God. And if you are not walking with God, you are not you are not in the Spirit of God. You do not have the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God cannot show you the deep things of God. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So what's being said here? There is a Spirit of the world, a Spirit of the age, a, a knowledge of the age, where they think they know things, that's a reality. And, and what is being said here, what the Holy Spirit has inspired Paul to reveal to us is that that spirit of the age or spirit of the world, as it says here in this passage, is not the spirit who is from God, but we have the spirit who is from God. And that's why we can know the things given to us by God. Do you know why? One of the things you probably don't even think about very often is that when you're sitting here on a Sunday morning, say, or in your life group, or, or reading your Bible, doing devotions, whatever it is, and, you, and you're getting it, it's like, yes, yes, God is good in this way. God is good in that way. This is, these are the promises for me. I, I feel hope in him. I feel peace in him. That's something that you cannot experience when you're not a believer. You can't understand it. You wouldn't know it. It's, it's foolishness to you. You go to an unbelieving person, you say, oh, God is doing such stuff in my life. He is doing amazing things in my life. And you know what it is to them? Foolishness. You might as well be saying, you know, I have a unicorn at home that I like to pet. That's the way they're seeing it, right? They don't understand it. They don't have the spirit of God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. That's who teaches you. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, okay, Who's the natural man? The natural man or woman is the person who is without the regenerating power of the resurrection and the Holy Spirit. A non-Christ follower, a non-Christian is a natural man or woman. They're still in the natural sinful state of the world, the brokenness and the fallenness of the world. And they do not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Those things have not been revealed to them. For what are those things? They are foolishness. They're foolishness to him. Who? The natural man. Nor can he know them. Can't even know them. Can't. Not doesn't want to. Can't. Because of the depravity that the state of the natural man or woman is in. Because these things are spiritually discerned. Meaning needing the Holy Spirit. You need to understand this. Needing the Holy Spirit. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Who is we? Christ followers. That's what you have. The, the Lord has given you the ability to think like him if you will submit yourself to him and you can assess the things, you can judge the things of the world with the mind of Christ 
Is this thing good? Is this thing bad? Is this thing profitable for me? I don't mean profitable financially. I mean, is this, a, is this good? Is this of the Lord? Is this not of the Lord? That kind of discernment, that comes when you apply the mind of Christ to the world. Whoops. Boop. There it is. All right. You got to understand this before we, before we start deep diving into a whole series on thinking. You've got to understand that it takes to truly, fully understand you have to be a Christ follower. Whoops, we lost it. Do, 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 do. Take this out of the uh, video, Patrick, where I sing. And action. What's up with our internet? All right, I'm gonna leave that. That'll figure itself out eventually. Stop looking up there, look at me. Gosh. One of the things that you have to understand about me as I'm teaching and preaching this series is that I am a broken, sinful person who God has given the completely undeserved, not earned honor of teaching the word of God to the people of God. I am humbled by that and I recognize that there is a judgment that is greater for those who do that. Because of that, while I would like you to like me, I desperately want you to love God. It would be nice if you liked me. I'm a pretty nice guy sometimes. But I'm not gonna sell you some soft and easy version of the truth so that you'll like me. You, you need to understand that about me. I'm going to tell you the truth because this is life and death. Spiritual life, spiritual death. Eternal life, eternal death. That's what we're dealing with here. So I cannot, I cannot pretend that the scripture says something it doesn't say. The apathy and the cynicism and the willful blindness of this perverse generation needs truth, not platitudes, not platitudes, not me telling you, no, you're good. God's just, he's just loving everybody and everything's good. It's all gonna work out. That's nonsense. It's not true. And I'm not gonna tell it to you. I'm gonna do the best I can to speak the truth in love. But you're gonna get the version that you may not like. The scripture is telling us clearly that those who are not in Christ, who do not have the Holy Spirit, are not going to understand the deep things of God, period. If that is you, and you are not a Christ follower, I'm not gonna pretend like you can get all of this because you can't. You can get enough of it to allow the Father to draw you in the power of the Holy Spirit and get saved. And then you can get it as you work out those muscles as God makes you new, but you are not gonna get everything. These things in the scripture will seem like foolishness to the person walking around in the spirit of the world, the spirit of the age. That's a reality. It is only the, the power and intelligence and the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life that will allow you to understand God in his awesome beauty and glory. That is what the scripture says, and that is true. I can't tell you, if you're not a Christ follower, that, that you are in the same spot that a Christ follower is in. You're not. Not because they're better than you, but because he's better. And we look to him, and he's the one who saved us. There are many things you can know about God, though. You can know many, many things about God. 
Not the deep things, but you can know many things. You can know enough to know that you need them. You can know enough to know that you ought to behave in a particular way. But men all over the world, men and women, for thousands of years have been pushing down that knowledge so that they could worship themselves. That's what's going on. That's, that's what I want. If you're not a Christ follower and you're, and you're checking this out, I want you to be beware and be aware of the fact that that is the tendency of the human heart. That when truth pushes up against us, we want to push it away and push it down. We want to suppress it. Romans 1, hey, it worked. Boop. Look at us. Romans 1, 18 says this, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Why? Because they suppress the truth in unrighteousness. All right, don't worry about this thing then. Forget that. Oh, hey. No idea what's going on with the internet, but anyway, we'll fix all this in post, Patrick. Yeah, I know, it's gonna be a lot of work. They suppress the truth and unrighteous. They push it down, they push it away. God is actually bringing wrath against the world because of this. Those of you who think, I can think what I wanna think, I can do what I wanna do, I don't have to take that, that's your opinion, man. No, it's not. No, it's not my opinion. It doesn't matter if I believe it or not, it's true. What God says is true, and when you suppress it, there is judgment for your ungodly and unrighteous suppression of the truth in unrighteousness. Why? Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. This word could also be read evidence. It is evident. Why? God has shown it to you. No, not all the deep things of God. You can't understand that. You don't even have the Holy Spirit. But what can you understand? Well, all kinds of things. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. This is about people who don't even have the Bible. You have the revealed word of God. Now, you may choose not to read it, or you may choose to laugh at it or call it foolishness, but you actually have that. This is about people who don't even have that. It's saying, listen, the things that are made, the universe of creation, even his eternal power and Godhead, his deity, can be seen from those things so that if you reject God and unrighteousness, you are without excuse. You are under judgment. That's what he's saying. Because although they knew God, they knew it and they pushed away their own knowledge. Why? Why? Because they wanted to do their own thing. They did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful. The opposite of that, right? They weren't thank. oh, thank God that he made me, that he created this beautiful world, that he's given me opportunity, that he sent his only son to die for me, all, you know, that he rose again, all that. Nope, they became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. If you don't get this, you are gonna be so frustrated all the time with the people in the world. If you don't understand that this is a result of the suppression of truth and righteousness, you are going to hear people say things and you're just going to be like, oh my gosh, what are you talking about? Right? The, the, the big issues of the day, some of them are just, they're literally nonsensical. Right? No, if Mike Tyson wants to, 
be a girl. He should be able to fight the other girls, right? That kind of stuff. What, what is that other than futility in your thoughts and having a foolish heart that's been darkened? It is absolutely nonsense. And anyone who sees, if you want to watch people in real time suppress the truth and righteousness, watch some of these like congressional hearings where somebody will ask something like that and watch the person be like, I know what they're saying is obviously true and I still have to say the other thing I, because that's what I'm supposed to say. So I will just say, yes, Mike Tyson can fight women. And you're just like, what? Have you all seen Mike Tyson fight? Yeah, he will kill you. Most men he would kill. You're gonna put him in the, come on. It's futility of thought. It's foolishness. It's foolishness. Professing to be wise. Still the case now. And if if you're watching this, either you yourself or somebody you know probably has this attitude. They profess to be wise. You start to talk and they're like, they're so deep, man. They get it all. They get it, man. No, they don't. That's the whole point. It's in professing. That's the idea. They're saying that they're wise, but they became fools. The people of this world who say they're wise and spout foolishness, stop being so frustrated by it. We've known about this for thousands of years. We've known that's the way it was going to be. Don't let it frustrate you. There's no point in that. Instead, preach the gospel. Because the Holy Spirit is the only thing that's going to undo that for somebody. And they change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creepy things. They made all kinds of idols and nonsense because who do they want to worship? The creature rather than the creator. Let's worship me. I want to worship me is what they say. And that's where they get. And so, normally speaking, I'm a lot nicer or, or nicer is probably the right word. I'm always, I hope that I'm always kind. But I'm usually a lot nicer to the unbeliever and I'm like, hey, come on in and let's just talk about this. But the fact is, I, I want you to be aware of what you're probably gonna do. Some of you will send some of these, most likely if we get through this series, you might send some of these to a friend or a family member or whatever and they're gonna either not watch it or they're gonna watch it and be like, that's all nonsense as if they had really worked with it and whatever, but they didn't. What they did is as soon as, they saw, as soon as it started to challenge them, they suppressed it. They didn't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. They'll go find some other person who will say some other thing that continue, can continue to make them have some grip on the nonsense and the futility of thought that will allow them to essentially go blank to the world of truth and continue in the way that they want to go. You will see it happen. Your job isn't to fix that. Our job is to proclaim the truth. Our job is to proclaim the gospel. That's it. We don't have more than that to do. If you are here today or online, you watch this at some point, and you are a seeker, I am not saying that the Bible says you are dumb and can't understand the truth. I'm telling you the Bible says you are sinful and broken and rebellious, so you suppress the truth in unrighteousness and you reject the gift of God. If I tell you something different than that, I would be lying to you. I'm telling you the truth so you can do something about it. You need to do something about it. This is not a choose either or whatever you like. This is choose life or death. That's what's before you today if you're not a Christ follower. You can receive the free gift of salvation that God offers and you can have the Holy Spirit live in you and be with you. It's 
It's not complicated. You just have to surrender all that futile nonsense and foolishness and accept Jesus Christ. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, this is Romans 10, 9 through 10, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's not harder than that. You confess and you believe. He did not put a, a big bar there. There's no works involved here. It's simply recognizing who God is and that you need him and that you have been lying to yourself and suppressing truth and you can come to know him. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. It's that simple. If you're an unbeliever, if that's who you are, that's what we at Acts Church and the church want for you. We don't want your money as so many people suggest about the church. We're all about money. We don't even pass an offering plate at church here. We're not about the money. If that's, on, if that's your deal, you think the church just wants your money, forget it. God has some things to say to you about your money, but we don't care about that. Our, our God, our Father, owns the cattle on a thousand hills. We're not worried about your money, okay? We don't want your money. We don't need your affection to tell us we're so cool. We don't need you at all. We want you to know Jesus. We're not trying to control you or exercise authority over you. Oh, the church, they try to tell everyone what to do. No, they don't. God has told us what to do. And sometimes we repeat that, hopefully often. We want you to have the hope of everlasting life now. That only comes through knowing Jesus Christ. That's what we want. So if you're wondering, this is, well, I'm not trying to trick you. If you're not a Christ follower, I'm trying to convince you to become a Christ follower. Yeah, we're gonna talk about all, a lot of stuff, but that's my goal. My goal is for you to become a Christ follower. So as we study through this, I ask you to be intellectually honest. Wrestle with it. Listen to the drawing of the Father as he calls you to himself. You were made in his image and likeness. He is offering salvation to all who will confess the Lord Jesus and believe that God has raised him from the dead as he will do for all of us who receive his free gift in salvation. Now, I have literally gotten through one third of this sermon and it is 11.15. Unfortunately, fortunately, there's a lot more that we're gonna have to get to next time because y'all need to make it to the buffet on time, I've been told, okay? That's a, that's a thing. And this is actually, if I go any further, I gotta go all the way and we'll be here forever. So what I wanna do is I wanna leave us with that. Let's call that an introduction because I really want you to understand those things really well. That for the Christ follower, you have the Holy Spirit and you simply cannot understand the deep things of God without it. Now, I am not saying that there's a secret knowledge, okay? That's a cultish thing. Like, oh, you gotta be in the club and then you get the secret knowledge. Is that called Gnosticism? Maybe it exists in the first century. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you literally don't have the capacity. You don't have the capacity to understand spiritual things when you're spiritually dead. And you need to understand that. So if you're a Christ follower, I want you to relax a little bit about the people who you have to deal with, who drive you crazy. Relax. 
First of all, that was you and that was me too. And the Lord saved us. So maybe preach the gospel faithfully, in season, out of season, in word, in deed, in truth, and let that be effective. But don't freak out about it like, these people are so wicked. Yes, what in the world would have made you think anything else? Unbelievers act like unbelievers. Lost people act like lost people, just like you did. The sad thing is just like some of us sometimes still do. And praise God for his forgiveness. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need that as much as they do. But try to relax a little bit. I see some of you all online and you're just tripping over things that the scripture has told you the way people are gonna be. I can't believe you're like that. What, did you not read the Bible? It says that's exactly what they're like. It's exactly what you were like. So don't freak out. Preaching the gospel is more effective than preaching solutions to individual problems. So focus your heart on what's on the wall outside the Great Commission, right? Because Jesus came and said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, amen. Try, that's first. Then worry about all the other stuff. Yes, I'm frustrated with the foolishness of the world, but I was just as foolish and was saved out of that. So focus on that. If you're an unbeliever, I want you to understand that God is absolutely 100% real, and all arguments to the contrary are foolish nonsense and have been shown to be so. And if you look and you go and you watch online debates and whatever, you will find that those who most loudly proclaim that God is not real are the most arrogant, thoughtless, rude people out there most of the time. It is a heart space that puts you in a dark place. God is real. The Bible is true. Now, of course, I don't expect you to just take my word for that. I'm not the authority. God is. The Bible is. And so I, I ask that you stay with us and that you walk with us through this series because we are going to address an awful lot of stuff that you need to understand. Let's be faithful, Acts Church, in supporting the people who may want need to hear this and helping them to come to know the gospel. And those of you who are our guests who don't know Jesus Christ yet, please feel welcome to be here and to interact with us. Send me questions if you have questions. I have, there are no questions that I'm afraid to answer. I promise you. I've been doing this a long time. Feel free to do that. Send me an email if you have those. Let's pray. Bye.